If you are able, please stand and join in singing the first stanza of We Have a Story to Tell, number 427. special way to begin our service and uh, we'll be beginning our mission mission emphasis sooner than we usually do uh, as a church and we're excited about that and at this time we're going to transition into a time of baby dedication we have many new young and growing families in our congregation of which we are uh, very excited about and this morning uh, we joined together for a time of dedication uh, with one of those special families the Hamrick family And as the family of God, we rejoice in God's good gift of life through the miracle of birth. Today, we join with the parents of Price Borders Hamrick in celebrating their child with open arms, even as Jesus welcomed little children and their mothers with words of blessing. We acknowledge God's abounding love already at work in Price, and we come today to pledge ourselves in covenant to nurture him in the fullness of life. And so at this time, we ask the Hamrick family to come forward and stand with Ellen and I. I'll ask Ellen to come on up as well. And we also invite the children of the church at this time to come and sit, sit in the front center pew. If there, are other, any children, if there are other children, we have a few down here, but other children that are in the sanctuary, we invite you to come down at this time. But we're excited about uh, this family and this time of dedication this morning. Today we celebrate miracles for the life and thought of those you hold in your arms a marvelous incarnation of love made flesh in relationship, of potential being realized in the wonder of individual growth. We are in awe of our responsibility and our privilege. Our joy is being made far more complete in this lifelong investment, this lifelong commitment. From the heart of God into the heart and arms of you, the community. as much a part of raising this child as his parents 
and the members of this church. Do you promise? Thank you, Jude, to promise to take care of Price, to play with him on the playground, to work with him and be with him during Sunday school. Do you, Jude? Yeah. Thank you. Price is a very special young man today. He has all of you and all of the church who are gonna encircle him with their love and help him grow up to be the best Price Hamrick he can be, don't we? Yeah. Thank you. This is Price Hamrick. He's a very special young man. Not only is he Miles and Alyssa's son, but he is the seventh generation of Hamricks to be a part of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Asa and Drusinda Hamrick were members of the charter in 1847. They helped start this church. This church is built on a foundation of families. Price's name is seventh generation, his fifth generation, excuse me, of his family. We not only have older family generations in our church, but we have young generations of families in our church. Look at the children on the front pew. They are today's generation. They are going to help raise Price. In the nursery today, we have the triplets. We have Grant. We have Piper. We have Grayson. We have Claire. Many children who are going to take hold of Price and help him be the best young Hamrick he could be. Now, we know Miles. Most of us grew up with Miles. We remember the boy who went from one end of the town to the other on a bicycle, gathering his friends as he went, getting back to the old Humphrey store to get a candy and a drink. Or how many of you remember seeing him in the field, baseball playing with his brogans on? Price, I promise you, when it gets that time, you'll have some shoes to wear. <laughs> Alyssa grew up getting sweet tarts from her daddy. Klein, you don't have to worry about your gummy lifesaver. She likes sweet tarts. We remember her giggling in the back of the car with her mom when they used to sing when they were driving down the road. Price borders Hamrick. You are going to grow up in a church that is strong in faith, strong in family, strong in the way that they walk with God. You could not have picked a better family than your uncles and your dad, Miles, your grandmother, Tracy, and Grandpa Rick, and Catherine and Klein. This is a community. We are a church based on love for everyone, help for everyone, because God is the greatest gift that we could have been given today. Join them and help them along with these children in raising Price Borders Hamrick. Thank you, Ellen. At this time, we have questions for the parents. He did great. You did good too, Ellen. <laughs> 
Okay. Parents, with gratitude to God, do you receive this child as a precious gift of God? And do you seek God's grace and this community's support in nurturing and caring for this child? Do you covenant to remain faithful in love to your child, whatever the future may bring? And do you promise before God in this community so to fashion your lives that your child may come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? We do. And now, at this time, I'd like to ask the congregation to stand with us and participate. You have an insert there in your bulletin with some, uh, with a response there. The church as a family of God gladly joins you, parents, in covenant for the care and the nurture of Christ. Do you promise, church, as a community of faith, to surround this family with your love for the strengthening of their life together, to be for these parents and this child a family in Christ whose love for them cannot be broken, and to accept this child into your loving care for shared responsibility in his growth toward fullness of life in Christ, to tell this child the good news of Christ, and to help him learn Christ's ways and to lead him in service to God and neighbor. Thank you. You may be seated. We have a certificate and a New Testament for you to remember these day, this day. And Price, just in case your dad needs some help, here's some snuggle prayers for him to use tonight when he puts you to bed. Yeah. Let us pray. Oh God, as a mother comforts her children, your strength sustain and provide for us. We come before you with gratitude for the gift of this child, for the joy that has come into this family, and for the grace with which you surround them and all of us. As a father cares for his children, so you continually look upon us with compassion and goodness. Pour out your spirit. Enable us all to abound in love and establish our homes in the holiness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us come into your house to worship you. We thank you for the gifts that you have given us, and we pray that you will accept the small amount that we can give back. Just bless us as we go here, go from here today, and help us to be witnesses to you in all that we do in our daily lives. Amen.
Thank you, Henry and Logan and Caleb. Good to have you here today as well. Enjoyed talking with you some before the service this morning. Today's a special day for many reasons, not only for the Hamrick family and for our church as we begin uh, early, as I'm going to talk about more a little bit later, as we begin our missions emphasis a little bit early. But uh, unfortunately, I wanted to secure a Guatemala flag and to carry such flag in the parade of flags this morning, but that did not happen uh, this year, but hopefully it will happen here soon. But on the screen, if we can get that up, there's a slide that has the Guatemala flag on it. There we go. And a picture of the uh, Good Shepherd Center that has been built for several years. So just about 100 yards behind this is what we worked on when we went to Guatemala in 2018, this year, in 2018, a couple months, few months ago. Um, and that new home is uh, in the process now of receiving certification and may receive its first children here in just a few short weeks. And so be in prayer for that. But on December the 9th, we will have an informational meeting both at 9 a.m. and at 3 p.m. If you can't come to one, come to the other. Uh, in the Kerygma room there in the office hallway, if you have interest in going once again with us to Guatemala, uh, the church will be uh, participating in that trip again in 2019. And the same week, it's that first week of August from a Saturday to a Saturday. If that is of interest to you, if you just want to simply come and learn more, if there's no commitment in coming to this time to learn more about Guatemala, but come and we can talk about it. There'll be some other team members that went this year there to answer some of your questions. And I would invite men, women, and older youth to consider uh, this trip for 2019. So be in prayer for that. Also, uh, today is Veterans Day, and so we are mindful of that, and uh, some of you may have heard a bell uh, ring outside at 11 a.m. this morning, but it's the 11th month, the 11th hour, uh, 11th day of the month that uh, I believe that a treaty was signed uh, ending World War I, and so this day has significance for those of you, and for all of us really, but especially for those of you that are very much into history and dates and things like that, and as if you were here this morning and you are a veteran, uh, please, uh, when you leave, do they need to, to exit out the back? I'm not sure who I need to ask that, or at the back, front. But when you leave this morning, my, the plan is for you to receive a pen, and there'll be someone handing you that pen as you leave. And so um, we are grateful for all those who have served and those who continue to serve our great country. This morning, uh, before I share my uh, prayer concerns, this morning during the sermon, there'll be something a little bit different, a little bit new to Boiling Springs Baptist, but our very own Maggie Champion will be uh, contributing and adding her part to the sermon down in front of me by something that will be on a canvas, a painting on a canvas. And so uh, just be in prayer for her and I as we continue to lead in worship this morning. As we go into our prayer time, let's certainly be in prayer. We uh, certainly have many concerns throughout our world that we need to be in prayer for, and we certainly have many of those here in our country as well, and some of those being across our country right now in California, not only with the wildfires, but with the recent shooting this week in Thousand Oaks, California. And let's continue to be in prayer for all of those impacted by these tragedies. As we think about our church family this morning, let's continue to be in prayer for the family of Gene Washburn, who passed away this week, whose service was yesterday. Uh, we certainly want to remember them. Carolyn Hamrick came home from the hospital and went back to the hospital this week. She has a blood clot in her lung and um, congestive heart failure. Be in prayer for Carolyn, Linda Green, uh, Dr. Jean Washburn, I understand, uh, went to the hospital yesterday. And then uh, we have others who are undergoing treatments at this time, and we want to be mindful of them. Will you join me now in a moment of prayer? God, we praise you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, given freely to each of us and to all the world. 
Lord, we thank you for who you are, for your presence in our lives. We come to you today in this time of prayer with heavy hearts as we think about the many divisions and crisis that exist within our world. Our hearts are heavy specifically towards those in California right now that continue to struggle, not only with uh, ravaging fires, but Lord, with the loss of life from such a horrific tragedy. And Father, we pray for all those involved, for the families that have lost loved ones, for uh, cities and communities. And Lord, for us as a people of the United States, Lord, as we seek to um, prevent things like this tragedy in the future, Lord, give us wisdom and knowledge in how we can um, love our neighbor and how we can uh, be the people that you called us to be. Comfort all who grieve at this time, Father. We lift up the physical needs of many within our congregation, those that are in the hospital, those within our nursing homes, and those who are simply homebound this morning that are undergoing treatments at this time for cancer. We do pray ultimately for your healing. We do pray that as the people of God that we would respond in appropriate ways to encourage and to let them know that they are loved both by you and by this church family. Lord, we, praise for the, we pray for the needs that exist throughout our world. Lord, as we see these flags come by, as I look and I'm reminded of not knowing what all the flags go with certain countries, but Lord, I am mindful of certain flags that I saw in those countries and problems and issues that exist within those countries. Lord, Father, we're all too guilty of focusing on ourselves and our world and, and um, all too easy to do. But Father, today as we see these flags and Lord, as we continue our emphasis throughout this season of Thanksgiving and into Christmas, Father, stir our hearts, Father, for the needs that exist within our world. And Lord, help us to give generously and sacrificially. Lord, help us to be willing to go, whether it's to Guatemala or India or wherever it may be. Father, help us to hear your calling to us and help us to respond with the words of Isaiah when he said, here am I, send me. Father, we do pray for the missionaries that are on the field, both through CBF and SBC and through other mission sending agencies. Lord, we pray that you would equip them with the tools and the resources they need. Father, be their provision, be their guide. And Father, again, stir our hearts as to our involvement and our assistance for them. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We lift up the sermon. We lift up the songs and all the activities of this day. And Father, we pray that you would be pleased with it. We thank you for uh, Alyssa and Miles and for Price, and Lord, we ask for your blessing on this young family once again. Lord, we thank you for all of our young families today. God, we love you. We commit this service to you. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn is number 269, We All Are One in Mission, 269. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
have your Bibles today, or there's ones in front of you, uh, we invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 through 21. These words will also be on the screens in front of you this morning. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. May God add his blessing to the reading and to the preaching of his word this morning. Amen. In the midst of the world that we live in, that I referenced before the prayer this morning, as we think of the flags and we think of the injustice and the wars and the different things going on in many of those countries, and we think of other countries whose flags are not represented this morning, we think of our own country and the divisions that we have Uh, that are on the news before us each and every day with TV and thank goodness uh, election is over. I hope each of you voted and I'm grateful that we live in a country where we can go and and we have that privilege and that honor. But it's evident that we're in need of some uh, goodwill towards mankind. Amen. Some peace and goodwill toward mankind. And so in light of that, on November 1st, I was coming to the office recently and slipping through the radio stations. And what did I behold? What did I hear? My ears hear that morning, the Christmas music. 98.9. Many of you already have it tuned in on your, on your radio dial and are beginning to listen to Christmas music. So I text Renee your Christmas music and she was delighted to hear that. And I let the office know. And then I think it was even Alan. Alan's already, he was on top of it as well, as well with his like Charlie Brown Christmas sweater or something that day. I believe it was. But let me ask, I got two questions this morning for the church. I need to know two, two, two things. One of the categories I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on is you love it. You love it. The Christmas music started November 1st and you've got it tuned in and you're listening to it. The other option would be wait till after Thanksgiving. So let's see the hands this morning. How many of you are, let's listen to it now and turn it up and, and I'm glad the Christmas music is on. Let me see those hands. Yes. Choir. Okay, see, they're the music folks. I got a few over here. Is this the Sopranos? Okay, the Sopranos like the Christmas music now. Okay. Um, Now, let me see those hands. Wait till after Christmas. After Thanksgiving. Sorry, yeah, that that would be really bad. Yeah, after Thanksgiving. All right, I see those hands. Yes, but I think we would all agree the reason that we get into it a little early is that, you know, it may be more so even this year, and I'm gonna explain why, is that, you know, we're ready for some peace and goodwill towards men because things are just not at a good place for many in our country and within our world. And so in light of that, one of the things that the missions committee and the staff decided to do early this year, rather than um, uh, start the typical mission emphasis that we do the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we decided to start early. 
And why do we want to do that? Why do we want to start the mission emphasis early? Is because we, we don't want missions to get lost in the midst of the other activities and happenings that are wonderful here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church that surround Thanksgiving, that also are in the midst of Christmas. And so missions is a part of our DNA. And in light of our world today, we want to give uh, importance and significance and we want to give focus to our missions offerings this year. And so that is why we have uh, started uh, things a little bit early. This morning, the church is not decorated uh, for Christmas, but we did do something um, uh, like we said that we typically begin doing after Thanksgiving and that is begin our um, mission emphasis. Bowling Springs Baptist Church has a history and continues to send missionaries short-term uh, to different places within our state, within our nation, and within our world. And I'm grateful to have been a part of a great mission trip a few months ago to Guatemala that you, many of you gave uh, to, whether it was through a, a fish fry or whether, whatever, it, whatever means that was. But we are grateful um, to have that opportunity to go once again. And I trust as we move into this Thanksgiving season and into the Christmas season that you will give generously and sacrificially to our missions offerings as well. These go to support missionaries through the Southern Baptist Convention. And they also go to support missionaries through our Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And so we are grateful um, for your participation in that and for your praying for these missionaries. As we begin an emphasis on missions, we expect to hear certain verses read and proclaimed. And again, a little feedback this morning. What is that main verse? What is that? Sometimes it's called something, two words. But what is that verse that we expect to hear throughout our missions emphasis? Great Commission, did I hear that? I think I heard that, I heard some mumbling. Um, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations. Another being Acts 1, 8, we hear the words of Jesus, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the remotest parts of the earth. We hear this commission scattered throughout the Gospels this morning. It's always significant, I say, when the same story or parable of Jesus is in all the Gospels. And we hear the Great Commission and sometimes in different words throughout the other Gospels as well. But in Mark 16, 15, Mark words it like this. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel to all creation. Luke 24, 47 words it like this. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. And in John 17, we read of Jesus reminding his disciples that their witness and our witness is, is, is individual. We all have a responsibility to share Christ, but it's also wrapped up in the way that we do community together. In John 13, 35, Jesus reminded the disciples, the world will know that we are his by our big churches, by our great music, no. It says the world will know that we are his by our love for one another. Our witness is both uh, individual and it is also wrapped up in how we relate with one another as a community. How many times, and many of you, some of you just recently have said, I like the fellowship at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. It just, it just feels right. And there's something that is a witness for Christ in the midst of how we relate with one another and how we do community. And I think we must not forget that as a congregation as we move forward. 
We begin our service today with a wonderful visual reminder. For those of you that have grown up here, I think of Miles and this new generation coming along, uh, this is something that we've become accustomed to. But I hope it's something that we don't lose sight of, that we don't just enjoy seeing the flags and the way everybody doesn't trip over one another, um, because that is a little bit of work to get that to not happen. But I hope it's something more than that for each of us. But it's a visual reminder that it's God's desire for all the nations to know him and to follow him. We did this with the flags and we do this also by singing the song that we use almost every year. We have a story to tell to the nations. In this song, in this hymn, there are four verses. The first one starts, we have a story to tell to the nation, the, the nations. The second verse says, we have a song. I'm looking at the choir. We have a song to sing to the nations. The third verse says, we have a message to give to the nations. And the last one says, we have a savior to show to the nations. I want to take a moment and introduce you or reintroduce you to uh, some missionaries who we sponsor, both through SBC and CBF. And I think we've got a slide. Yes, there it is. And uh, if we could get that back there for the choir as well. Now, up on the top left, we have Matt and Michelle Norman. Michelle and I graduated Gardner-Webb in 1996. Uh, we served on some focus weekends together and would travel to churches and lead and do different things. But Matt and Michelle Norman and their two children, and this is about a year or two old now, that picture, but they are in Barcelona, Spain, and they are sponsored by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, uh, and they're working with the Cat Catalan people there in um, Barcelona, and they have been in the news recently about some uh, part of that community that's wanting to separate from Spain and, and all of this, and so they're working with um, immigrants there in Barcelona, and we support them both through your uh, global missions offering as a whole, and then we also have them designated in our budget as well, and so it's always good to put a, put a face with that line item that we see in our budget. And on the bottom right, many of you know uh, the young lady in the middle there, but Rebecca Pittman is here many Sundays. And this, these are her parents, Don and Janet Pittman, and they are in Turkey. They spoke uh, several months ago here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We also support them through our Cooperative Baptist uh, giving as well. And we are always glad to have them in town and Rebecca when she's able to be here with us as well. And in the top right, we have the Yates. Um, Jack and, and what's her first name? Jack and, and Bert Yates. And they are currently in Zimbabwe serving as SBC missionaries. And Bonnie Dowdy let me know just two days ago uh, that Jack's mother passed away. And um, uh, she lived in Greenville, South Carolina. And so we are mindful of them. I haven't heard yet if, he, if they are able to come back for that service or not. But these are missionaries, friends with Bonnie, but also with Bob Lamb and the, uh, Baptist, uh, the Fellowship of Baptist Educators that he is involved with. And so these are people, it's good to, it's one thing to be challenged about missions and give to missions and support missions and pray for missions, but it's another thing when not only you go, as many did to Guatemala last year, but as you also see faces and learn names and the stories of people whom you support through your giving. We also support in our church budget works in India and in Cape Town, South Africa. Incredible people that are on the mission field, both in the Southern Baptist Convention and through the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And we have other ministries as well. And through the coming weeks, you'll be hearing more about these on Sunday morning. This last month for Bowling Springs Baptist Church, we had an evangelistic emphasis for all of the month of October. And you were challenged that a significant part of our calling as Christians is to bear witness for Christ, both through our words and through our deeds. We had good discussion about that prior to the month, 
And we had other good discussion, additional discussion on Sunday nights that reminded us of that, that we both must witness with our words and we must witness through our deeds as well. And as we move forward as a church, we have more work that needs to be done in these areas of outreach and evangelism. And how are we as Boiling Springs Baptist Church to go about doing this? How are we to share Christ through our words and through our deeds? We discussed two things that must go together. Again, our words, witnessing through our words and our deeds. And when we separate these two, I would recommend that it impoverishes the gospel when we separate the two and it ceases to be the message that Jesus embodies. Jesus was the greatest example of what it means to speak about Christ and what it means to demonstrate Christ. Jesus gave us a great example of that balance. This week I came across a, a wonderful quote that somebody let me, know, that I learned of through a missionary friend, Leslie Newbegin, who was a missionary in the Church of South India, said this, good deeds require interpretation. That's the first part of the quote. Good deeds require interpretation. It's why are you doing these good things? We need to speak about why we do the things that we do. So good deeds require interpretation and good words require demonstration. If it's just one thing as a pastor and I get up here and try to say some, some good things and challenge you with some ways to act and ways to be the presence of Christ in the community, but I myself am not demonstrating in ways to be that presence in the community, then there is a disconnect and simply my words would not be as effective. So good deeds require interpretation and good words require demonstration. Today, churches are struggling and I would say that we're having good conversations as a church about what we are to be about. And I enjoy those conversations. Sometimes they can be uncomfortable because we've got people that are saying, you know, we should be doing this as a church and in others, we should be doing this as a church. And so the fact that we're having the conversations is a good thing. If we're not having the conversations, that means nobody really cares. And the fact that we're having those conversations to me is a good thing. Sometimes we can get caught up in it to the degree that we miss the main thing. And the main thing is distinctly articulated in the scripture passage that I read this morning from 2 Corinthians. Paul is once again writing to the church in Corinth. We believe it's his, what could have been his fourth letter. Uh, we have the copy of 1 Corinthians, but we believe by the time 2 Corinthians was written, there were two letters that were lost to the church in Corinth that we do not have. But he was writing 1 Corinthians uh, to, co to confront some false teachings and to correct also some immoral lifestyle that many in the church had, get, had gotten caught up in with the uh, behavior and ethics of the community in Corinth. It was an isthmus, and so there was a lot of trade going on, and in many trade cities we still see that today, just a sense of, of, of immorality. And so Paul was writing to the church in Corinth to correct that in 1 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, he was writing it to begin to uh, refute some of those who were uh, questioning his authority as an apostle. And so he writes to them and, and speaks to them in the way that he does. Here he reminds them that he and they have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. He's getting them back to the main thing. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, he writes, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have gone and the new has come. As Christian people, isn't it great to know that not only has Christ made us new, but he is in the continual process of making us new each and every day. Um, it's not a one and done. Christ has saved us and we're left on our own. He stepped back, but Christ is in the process of making us new and making his creation new day. 
A lot of times we can't see and, and get in, in the midst of the rhythm of what Christ is doing in our lives and in our world. But yet, if we begin to pray, if we begin to tune our spirits to his, we begin to see Christ working in us and all around us, making things new. And many of you are saying, Pastor, how can you even say that today? Because we, um, uh, we, we have such horrific things that happen, and even just this week on the news. But we be, when we begin to tune our spirits to the spirit of Christ, we begin to see God working and God moving, and we begin to see God reconciling us and the world to himself. I want to reread verses 18 through 20 of 2 Corinthians 5 and listen to the reoccurrence of one particular word that you'll hear five times as I read these verses. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word or the logos of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Did you hear it? I think it was pretty obvious. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The central message of the gospel. That's the main thing, church. Sometimes, again, we get distracted and we, we want this style of worship or we want this style of ministry. We want this emphasis in our church. But these words that we've just read, that I've just read this morning, is the central part of the central message to the church today. God is in the midst of reconciling us to himself. The word reconciliation, again, was mentioned five times in those three verses. I looked it up in the Greek, and I love to be able to say this sometimes. What I found out is it means the same thing it does in English. Alan and I were talking about that. He's in Greek uh, this week or this, this semester. And, um, but uh, sometimes we, we learn a, a new uh, way that this word means. But in, uh, when you look it up in the Greek, it means the same thing that it does for us in English. It, re- it means to receive one into favor that has fallen out. To receive one into favor that has fallen out. We hear this most often in the court of law, that they're in a time of reconciliation. Sometimes there could be other words used for it. It's most often around family law and marriage. We often think of it in terms of couples at times. Uh, If there's been a separation, we will say to our family, we are praying for reconciliation. There have been differences. To think of someone or something being reconciled means that there were two opposing variances. There There were two opposing opinions or forces that aren't coming together. And so therefore, we, we use the term often reconciliation. When one is reconciled to the other, it means that two individuals, in a sense, are now friendly again in friendly cooperation. It was sin that made this reconciling work necessary. Why is God even, why is Jesus and Paul even talking about reconciliation? I think we know that we are fallen people in the sense that We have all chosen to go our own way instead of pursuing God in all aspects of our lives. And so therefore, our sin and God's holiness simply can't can't meet. Uh, Reconciliation is the end of the estrangement between God and humanity. God is in the process continually of reconciling the world to himself. How How has he done that? He's done that through Jesus Christ. It is the substance of the gospel message, the substance of the good news. 
The challenging thing for us now in regards to reconciliation is the ministry, the service of reconciliation. Did you, did you hear what it said? It said it's now imparted to us. In verse 19, it says, he has committed to us, to you and to I, to believers, the word, the ministry, the service of reconciliation. And not only that, but in verse 20, he reminds us that we are now ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. This word here, ambassadors, in verse 20 is more than just a messenger. But now, not only are we a messenger for Christ, but we are a representative of Christ. We are to be his presence as we go about our daily life. We are to be his presence in our families and in our homes. We are to be his presence at our workplace. We're to be his presence as we go about our daily lives. The Great Commission, as you are going, is how that is translated. As you are going, make disciples. As you are preparing for Guatemala for 2019, as you are giving generously to the missions offering for 2018, as we think about other ways to pray for and support missionaries, we are in the process of being ambassadors for Christ. This ministry has now been entrusted to us. Paul reminds his readers and us this morning that as people who have been reconciled to God, it is now our responsibility to implore others to be reconciled to him as well. This is our aim when it comes to our daily witness, both here and our aim when it comes to our focus on international ministry as well. This week, I honed in on verses 19 when it says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The image in my head, as you're beginning to see, is of God holding the world in his hands with a message of love and reconciliation for all nations and for all people. This week, I counted over 90 scripture verses that reference God's love for, listen, for all, ethnic, for all nations, for all peoples, all mankind, all creation, every creature, every knee, every tongue, men of every language, again, and the world. Over 90 scripture passages, and that was just something that I did with a, a, in a quick research. 90 scripture passages that speak of God's love for the nations and for the world and for each person and for all of creation. My favorite one that I want to read this morning, many of you know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, or in some translations now, eternal life. This passage and others like it remind us that God's gift of reconciliation in Christ Jesus is the greatest love a person will ever know. The greatest love a person will ever know. The same God who hung the stars and the moon and the planets says to all peoples in all languages from all backgrounds, no matter your economic situation, no matter the political situation, he says to all people, I love you. John 3.16 is a great verse to help embody that. Through this one verse, it also says that it's the greatest gift a person could ever receive. This gift of God's reconciling love in Jesus Christ is God's greatest gift that anyone could ever receive. In just a few short weeks, many of you will be gathered with family and friends in different settings and unwrapping such gifts. 
I'm reminded of the words in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Paul said it best when he said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. As we talked about Greek words earlier, I think I've heard some teachers and professors say that Paul couldn't think of another word to describe God's love as a, as a gift. So he came up with what translates as indescribable for many of us in our translations. It's like Paul couldn't think of the right Greek word as, many, as he knew many of those to describe God's love for the nations. And he described it as an indescribable gift. And last, responding to this message of reconciliation and being a minister of reconciliation is the greatest choice a person could ever make. And I ask you this morning, have you made this choice of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing his spirit and his life and his presence to move and to work in you? If not, there's no greater gift that you or I or anyone in the world could ever receive than God's love made known and manifested in and through Jesus Christ. God is at work reconciling throughout our world. That wasn't just a one-time event for you and for me when we put our faith and trust in Christ but is a continual presence of God moving and working in our lives as we tune our hearts to him. A lot of times we can get off focus. I think of the light in the mirror when the, we are reflections of God's light. If we move, if we are the mirror, and again, if we move away from the light, then we can't reflect the light. But as God's presence and the Holy Spirit of God becomes more active and real in my life and in yours, we begin to take that message of love and reconciliation as Paul implores us and challenges us now that we are ministers of that reconciliation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that through him you and I can have eternal life. Where are you this morning in your relationship with the Lord? Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? And how are you living that out with your family, with your coworkers, with your friends, with your community, and with the world at large? God is calling us today as we bring, brought in the flags, as we begin to think about uh, mission opportunities, both for us uh, as we complete this year and as we move into next year. And how would God have you and I to respond to the needs that are around us? How would God have you and I to get involved with this ministry, his ministry of reconciliation? Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love made manifest in your son, Jesus Christ. We are grateful that not only have you reconciled us to the Father, but Lord, you have given us now the ministry of reconciliation that we are ambassadors for you, not mere uh, communicators, but Father, representatives, not mere messengers, but representatives of your love and your grace in our lives and how you desire to have that in the lives of others. Father, we thank you that Lord, we think of the old children's songs. You hold the whole world in your hands. And Lord, we're grateful that you hold the world in your hands, but it's not a world that you step back from. It's not a world that you're distant to. But Father, it's a world that you're intimately involved in. And so Father, help us as your people to be involved in this ministry of reconciliation. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna stand and sing a hymn. A hymn number is 435, Share his love. Think about the words as you sing this song. If you're here today and desire church membership, I invite you to come and would love to talk with you about that. If you're here today and would like to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you to come. The altar is open. We have kneeling benches on this side 
and you're welcome to come and pray. Let's stand and sing the words of Share His Love, hymn number 435. encourage each of you to not only come by and uh, see the painting a little more up close, but come by and thank Maggie. Maggie, thank you for leading us in worship today in the midst of my, in the midst of my sermon. Um, that was wonderful. Let me remind you, church, that next Sunday evening, first of all, this Sunday evening, we do not have activities or services this Sunday night, but next Sunday night is a very important time in the life of our church. Each year, we gather and invite those from Gardner Webb University to come and join us for our annual Thanksgiving meal. And that time is coming up next Sunday evening, and I'm not sure of the time. Somebody help me. Six o'clock. Six o'clock next Sunday evening. And so the church will provide meats. We ask you to bring vegetables and sides, desserts. We'll provide meats, drinks, and bread, I think. So we invite you to bring something. 
and encourage some Garden Web students who we also invite. The acapella group from Garden Web is coming this year, the acapellans. And so we look forward to those times each year of welcoming them and spending some um, time around the table as a church family uh, with our family across the street as well. So we hope you will be here. Uh, be sure to speak to two or three people that you haven't spoken to uh, today. Um, before you leave. And again, come by and speak with Maggie as well. But uh, let me close us with a benediction followed by a um, choral response as well. God, we thank you that you have reconciled us to the Father. Send us forth from this place to be ministers, ambassadors of your reconciliation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.